Hello, thanks for joining us for today's Cannabis and Tech Talks. This is Patricia Miller, Associate Editor with Cannabis and Tech Today. Joining me is Tom Gavin, CEO of Canatrack and creator of Canacard, a cashless payment solution for the cannabis industry. As many of you know, coronavirus has forced the whole world to adapt and the cannabis dispensaries have been deemed essential. They've had to switch to curbside pickup and delivery models, but they can't accept debit or credit cards. It's still mostly a cash-only enterprise. So how can dispensaries step into the digital age and accept payments online or via a credit card reader? Gavin fills us in on how the industry is dealing with these challenges, what cashless solutions there are, and he offers his advice on how to turn a crisis into an opportunity. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm also doing well. Um, you're in lockdown in Denver. Where are you located? Chicago. Okay. What's it like there right now? Is it is it lockdown as well? Yeah, we're we're on lockdown here in Illinois till the thirtieth. Okay. So, yeah, we closed up. Uh, actually, a little over four. We are. I'm sorry. Almost four weeks ago. This is the fourth week we're going through now. Um, our office had somebody come through that was in direct contact with someone who was who had tested positive. So we uh, we immediately shut the office down. Although nobody's gotten sick, thankfully, we just wasn't worth taking any chances. I have a few people in the office with you know kids that are on that high risk list, as well as some of us, including myself, being asthmatic. Um, you know, you gotta, gotta be careful. Didn't want to take any chances. That's wise. How did you figure out that someone, uh, had they, they actually called us and let us know. Okay. Uh, so they were tested positive after having seen you. Yeah. Well, they, they did not even test positive, but they're someone in their household did. So they immediately got on the phone and called because apparently we were one of the only places that they had gone at the beginning of that week. And um, they wanted to reach out to us immediately, which was obviously very nice. So, yeah, well, and horrifying for you and your team, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. With that, it was immediate lockdown on us. So we stayed home, my fiance, myself and her son, who's who's. Uh, back from school he's a a student at university of wisconsin and they're they're basically online for the rest of the year now so he's home for the rest of the year they got a couple of day notice and they were told you have to move out of the dorms you need to leave so the only people that could stay were the ones that were you know exchange students um you know on student visas things like that where they couldn't arrange transportation that quickly um, so yeah, everybody else was sent home immediately and, um, yeah, he was, he's been home ever since he was home a couple of days before his spring break and he hasn't gone back. So it's wow. actually kind of nice to have him home though. So that's, that's cool. 
Yeah, full house at the Gavin Casa. You got that right. You got that right. Uh, what about um, with your coworkers? Have you've been working remotely for that whole time as well? Yeah, actually, we, we're we're pretty lucky. Um, the way our system was built, and obviously unintentionally in in regards to this, and no one ever had an idea that this was coming down the road. But the the guys who developed how everything was laid out did a really good job. We were lucky, you know, everything can be done remotely. Um, realistically, if we needed to, um, phones could have been brought home. We were lucky that our, our phone provider had some API stuff that we could, we put in the system and literally it forwards everything. And so that, that was kind of nice. I didn't have to send people home with phones, but you know, we were able to have everybody, work from laptops or desktops at, at the house and, and their cell phones. And through, uh, through our phone system, they're, they're literally calling from the office. You know, it shows their office numbers and they're able to field all of those calls as well through forwarding. So it, it's pretty nice. It's pretty nice. It worked out well. I'm surprised. I, I have to be honest. I was a little nervous because it's not anything that we had really discussed outside of kind of a, an emergency plan. And let's be honest, who really ever thinks that you're going to need that, <laughs> you know, yeah. so, but it, it's, it's gone well. Everybody's done really, really great. And I, I honestly, I couldn't ask for more. It's for those who have worked from home before, you know, that there it's, it's, it's easy to deal with the distractions after getting used to it, you know, but for, for someone to, that's used to working in the office to just be thrown into that, it, it's not the easiest thing to just jump right into. There's there's so many distractions when you're at your house, you know. So, oh, absolutely. I'm, I'm proud of how they've how they've done. So they've done a very good job. That's great to hear. I think it's been a challenging transition for a lot of companies. We're fortunate with cannabis and tech today. Our team started working remotely maybe about 10 months ago. Um, yeah. But we've, it's been very convenient for us because we haven't had a lot of adjustments, you know, to make. We've all been, you know, other than not socializing, I think the business aspect of it has gone over smoothly for our team. But I know that those transitions aren't, aren't easy for everyone, particularly um, I think it's been a real challenge with the cannabis industry as all of these companies have had to, one, you know, figure out that they're essential. I think that was sort of a surprise to me, at least. Um, me too. <laughs> that they were classified as essential and then having to rapidly adapt to that. It's been, yeah, I, yeah, a whirlwind. Yeah, I, I would, realistically, yes, I considered them essential, but with the stigma the whole industry has always carried, I was shocked that it was looked at that way. Exactly. I'm happy exactly. that it was looked at that way, but still, I just, it's like, wow, you know, we've, we've made a lot of headway in the last few years, that's for sure. Right, such a change. Um, but I've, I've really been thrilled with how I've seen companies here in Colorado responding to it, and I think across the country, they've really been able to rapidly adapt their business models. But something that many companies have had to do is switch to curbside pickup, uh, delivery, um, 
figuring out ways for their clients to do this safely. Um, and I think they've done so gracefully, except in instances where they're not accepting non-cash payments. And so that kind of brings us to Canacard, Canatrack. Um, you've got a cashless payment solution here that companies can implement, especially right now, to make it easier for customers to to pay and to purchase things without having to do a lot of interaction. Um, have you have you seen a big uptick in an in interest in Canatrack since all of this started? We have actually. We've we've gotten a lot of a lot of phone traffic, um, a lot of phone traffic, a lot of email, um, a lot of interest. Um, as as many of them have been kind of following along. Uh, the dispensary owners, that is, I'm sorry. Um, they've been following along. We we partnered with Valid Technology back at the end of last year in order to kind of bring our whole platform to a new level. Um, Valid being, you know, a global company kind of could offer us things that we really, for lack of better words, we couldn't afford to do on our own. They, they, they allowed us to really branch out and and do the things that we wanted to do um, with the budget that we had because of their size. And, and that said, you know, a lot, a lot of the people have been keeping up with that, but the big thing was, you know, is, is the release still on date? You know, are you guys, are you guys still scheduled for this month? Is everything going to work out? And, you know, the good news obviously is yes. Um, but the bad news is uh, I wish it was done already. So we could really be helping, but um, yeah, our, our system being in place, well, even even kind of closer to the end of this or right after the peak, depending on where people are, um, it's going to be very helpful. It really will increase that 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 safety and that sort of obviously the cashless um, side of it, taking the, the dirty cash, dirty money or paper or however you want to look at it out of the, you know, out of the mix is going to be a big deal. But also the ability to do the pre-ordering. And, you know, all the non-touch is just, that's perfect. I mean, it, I, I hate to say it this way um, because it, it doesn't sound wonderful, but this has actually been a good thing for us, um, you know, as humans, not so much. Um, but for the business, it's, it's unbelievable how quickly people realize its importance, you know? Yeah, we've seen, a, I think, a lot of that in the past month that some companies um, are really struggling and others are sort of ideally positioned to help during this, uh, you know, during all these transitions. Well, yeah, the, for us, the big thing was we never really, obviously, again, this is nothing anybody could possibly have planned for. Of course. Um, our, our big thing was we always wanted to be a major go-to for delivery. So the whole concept of curbside is like a very, very, very short delivery, you know, right. so it's perfect. It's perfect in our book, you know. Um, so the, the, we were, we were perfectly positioned. We didn't have to, you know, pivot. We didn't have to do anything. We just kind of stood the course. The only difference is we know that we're going to have to grow and adapt that much more quickly to the flow of business that will come in immediately following the release of the new platform. You yeah, know, you're going to have to hit the ground running for sure. Exactly. And, but luckily we, we are in that position and, you know, 
with this extra time that we had to take um, in order to bring Valid in and bring them up to speed and introduce our intellectual property to their platform um, and then kind of basically commingle the ideas and come up with a new a new concept, we had more time to also automate processes. So for us, that massive increase in what would normally be, you know, staff, you know, manual, manual help, um, we are able to automate that much more easily, um, which it's good and it's bad. You know, obviously it, it's good from the standpoint of, as a business, it's good from the standpoint of the cash flow of the business. Um, also, it's, it's good with everything going on, not having that many people crammed into an office. Mm-hmm. Um, but on, on the flip side, you know, automating, yeah, there is, there is some issues with, with uh, less people being needed to, to do that. Um, but as we grow, obviously, we expect, and as social distancing calms a bit, we expect to put that many more people out on the street, too. So that, that'll be a good thing, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, everyone. Thanks again for tuning in to this episode of Cannabis Tech Talks. Real quick, I want to mention that this episode is sponsored by Alpha Packaging. With the vast number of markets the cannabis industry is serving, appropriate packaging has never been more important. That's where Alpha Packaging can help. They create packaging for cannabis products that serve in industries that range from beverages to beauty aids and pet products to insect repellents and everything in between. Whatever kind of cannabis product you intend on selling, Alpha Packaging has the perfect packaging system for you. Check them out at www.alphap.com. And maybe we should back up a, a little bit and for some of our listeners who may not be as entrenched in the industry as you and I, um, why are dispensaries and cannabis businesses still reliant on, on cash only? payments. I mean, I think for a lot of people, the idea that there are still companies that can only accept cash seems really strange. Well, and although I understand why it still seems strange to me, um, especially in an industry that there is so much taxable money for, for our government and realistically indirectly for us, you know, as, as, as citizens. Um, but as of right now, cannabis is still a Schedule One drug, and that means that we can't use that federal rail to um, take credit card or, in most cases, debit card payments. Um, that being said, that also affects obviously who can bank uh, bank the accounts. Now there are, I, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I haven't seen numbers probably in the last 45 days. Um, but at last count, there were somewhere over 700 banks in the industry now. Um, normally, community, state-level banks. Um, the big banks, uh, you know, go unnamed, obviously. But uh, those big banks really haven't jumped in, even though indirectly they're all involved because they're they're backing the smaller banks and their deposits or um, basically their accounts. Uh, regardless, they that 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 inability to take those credit cards and debit cards and use the federal rail and put their money in a bank account has really limited the industry as to what it can do and and really limits it to only taking cash or solutions uh 
you know, comparable or relatively comparable to ours. And so can you explain to me a little bit why, how, how does Canacard kind of get around those pitfalls? Well, Canacard is legally defined as a, um, a reloadable gift card. Oh, okay. uh, so it, it falls under the FinCEN guidelines for reloadable gift cards, both the physical card and the mobile app. Um, it's not, in essence, it's somewhat of a mobile wallet. However, you can carry a balance, which is something that um, in most cases, and actually every case that I'm aware of, you can't do uh, with what I like to call our relative competition. You know, um, that being said, we, we basically, we have the ability to uh, load the cards on a private rail, um, meaning it doesn't touch the federal rail like credit cards and many debit cards. Um, and they load the can of card for use on purchases at their dispensaries, at other retailers, merchants, et cetera. You know, whatever, whoever takes the can of card or is on the platform, they can use that card to purchase what they're looking to purchase. Okay. And I can, I can see how that would be super helpful for consumers, the convenience, but then oh, you're talking about the, the business owners. I would think it'd be, you know, one much safer than dealing with large transactions of cash and two much easier to do your books. Absolutely. Absolutely. It cuts down on many costs for those retailers. Um, when, when we look at this, I mean, realistically, we're looking at a potential increase in 20 to 30% for those, those retail dispensaries. Um, part, of, part of that is obviously the cost of accounting. Um, definitely a major part of that is the cost of dealing in cash. You have storage and transport and the banking fees, et cetera. Mm-hmm. It just goes on, you know. Um, that being said, there's also the fact that we are a reloadable gift card, meaning that when people go in to load their card, they're not loading the exact amount that they need for that specific purchase. They're loading 50 bucks, 100 bucks, let's just even say 20 bucks, but their purchase isn't going to be 20 bucks, 50 bucks, 100 bucks. It's probably $18 or $40 or $85 or whatever that number is. It's not the exact amount they loaded on that. And like any other type gift card that you have, I know when I go and use a gift card, whether I have $5 or $15 or 50 cents left, I I don't just throw the gift card away. I'm going to go and use it, whether that be at my gas station or my dispensary or wherever that may be. I'm going to use that gift card, which means I'm coming back. You know, I've just captured a client for the retailer. Um, so when you look at how credit cards and debit cards work and, and, and basically gift cards, anything other than cash, um, there's approximately a 20% increased spend in those, in those consumers as opposed to purely using cash out of their pockets. Okay, because of that return. That is part of it. That is part of it. The return is just a bonus. When I go in and I, I buy, I, I, go, I go into the gas station and I buy a couple bags of chips and a pop and things like that, 
I'm less likely to spend that in cash than I am on a credit card. It's just mm-hmm. easier. And, and, I, and I know that sounds silly, but if you look at historic numbers and, and um, any of the data that's out there in regards to credit cards and debit cards and, and gift cards and, again, anything other than cash, uh, there is a, approximately a 20% increase in spend in those consumers. So it's, that's a big deal. If, if we can even provide half of that and cut your costs on the other things, we're looking at saving you approximately a minimum of 20%. And beyond the the ease of, of tracking their money, I mean, that's also going to play a role in how they're able to like do their taxes um, and account for this for regulatory compliance. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. They have basically a full audit trail, complete transparency of every, every purchase that's been made through Canacard. And I feel like the more that we can create transparency within the retail establishments, the easier it's going to be to get um, banking acts passed or even uh, if we could supersede that and get, you know, larger um, legalization as a whole. I think the more transparency we can put into retail establishments, the easier it's going to be to get lawmakers to see where the money's going how the revenue can be spent. Um, I completely agree because when you add transparency, you add legitimacy. I, right. I, can, I can see everything that's going on. And believe it or not, you know, for, for the clients that we've dealt with and, and the potential clients that we've spoke with, the majority of the people in this industry are above board. They're very transparent. They're afraid to be transparent simply because of the stigma that comes with the industry. But, you know, they, they have to be. They have to watch every dollar. And they want to make sure that all of these, every penny's accounted for. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that being said, you know, those are the kind of customers that I'd want if I was still banking. You know, that's the industry I came from. I came out of the, the, the finance industry. You know, I, I primarily dealt in lending. However, I would much rather have a customer come in and supply me with all of the information that I would be looking for, as opposed to give me bits and pieces. So I, I think that um, I think that really these are the perfect clients for a bank. There still is that fear there, you know, until there's really a rescheduling or descheduling or however you want to look at that mm-hmm. of of uh of cannabis i think that that's going to be an issue even if we do pass some of these banking acts which definitely will help they'll definitely open things up but and, until it's really pulled off there's still going to be that fear especially for the bigger entities i think another fear people have with adapting new technology um is especially now Cybersecurity, you know, how how are you protecting the the data that people are trusting you with? It's their money and it's their personal info. Well, that that's actually we're both PCI and HIPAA compliant as a company. So we far exceed guidelines for anything that's out there. Um, to my knowledge, I know of one payment system actually out there, one point of sale, that's even HIPAA compliant. 
I've, I've never seen another one. Um, so that, that, that being said, I, I don't think that they're going to get much more secure than we already are. If I wanted to get information out of our system, realistically, I couldn't even get it without a decryption key. And I don't necessarily have that decryption key on hand, you know? So um, it would be very difficult for someone to get information off our system. Never say it's impossible because if somebody built it, somebody can break it. Let's be honest. We all, we all know that there's, there's always someone that's smarter than the next guy. But um, that said, I, I don't, I don't foresee that happening. And, and apparently I'm not, I, I, by no means am I the, uh, the tech developer here. So I, I'm going to kind of dumb it down to, to, to more my level on the, uh, on the tech side. But even if they did uh, get the intercept some sort of transaction, they wouldn't get anything but garble. It, you know, numbers and letters and nothing that makes much sense. Uh, so I, I'm sure, again, I'm sure somewhere out there, there's somebody that can figure that out. Um, but I don't think they're going to be your your average individual looking to hack a uh, hack a website or hack a uh, a mobile app. Another option I I've heard people discuss um, is cryptocurrency. How does something like um, Canacard differ from from using like a cryptocurrency wallet or Bitcoin or Potcoin? Um, well, we're we're dealing in real currency, so our real currency always has a real value. Um, we've had the ability and the offers to um, to basically come in um, outside third parties come in and work with us in order to provide that to us. Um, but that's not something that we really we we are really interested in doing. Um, we want to deal upfront, be transparent. Uh, you know, you, you purchase something for $5, $5 is coming out. We don't need to, um, you know, transfer things into a Bitcoin situation where I'm actually selling contracts in order to collect my money. Um, in my eyes, I, you know, and this is my personal opinion, I see that as very, very close to money laundering. But that's just me. Okay. Well, that's an interesting perspective. Yeah, I hadn't thought about it like that. You know, I, I'm going in, I'm buying one thing, and I'm giving you money for it. And in turn, you're basically issuing three different receipts in order to get the end result. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you're kind of cloaking the transaction there. And for what what Canatrack stands for, the whole concept is, you know, transparency and legitimacy and safety for the consumer and the retailer. That's really some, you know, our main pillars there. And with that being said, we've violated a few of those in that by jumping into the crypto or digital um, currency realm. Not in all cases, but in most. I could appreciate that. Um, and I would ask, what, what advice would you offer companies who are, who are looking at cashless payment options for their business? Well, I would have to say do what's do what's best for you. I mean, um, certain businesses uh, may, at least for uh, regular retailer merchants, you know, merchants outside of the cannabis industry, 
there, there are lots of options out there. Um, Canna card may not be your go-to. It may be your go-to. You know, uh, the ability to have both loyalty and rewards within the same network, same platform as payment is a big deal. Look into your cost um, and kind of take a look at what you're looking to get out of the customer as far as, you know, who is your customer? Uh, how do you market to that customer? Does the current offer or processor or um, card provider provide that information that's going to help you, you know, gain that information or market better to your, you know, your demographic. And that is, that is kind of one of the main things that we look at for our customers is helping them build sales, not just keep sales. You know, it's not all about retention and making, you know, that old customer happy. It's retaining those customers and gaining new customers. And, and how do you reach them? And that's that's something that's also built into our platform. Uh, another okay. benefit for the retailer, I guess. Yeah. And so can you tell me a little bit about that aspect of it? How, how would the consumer learn more or perhaps be more enticed to engage using your platform? Well, one, um, our costs to the consumer are extremely reasonable. Uh, it's a 95 cent load every time they use it. Um, and not every time they use it as in per transaction, every time they load it. Okay. Um, so it's obviously cheaper than a cash machine. Uh, I know in the recent months, a lot of these, uh, a lot of the dispensaries have been given credits from the cash machines. Uh, I don't know how long that'll last because again, that, that borderlines a very gray area there. Mm -hmm. Um, you know. So I think cash machines and dispensaries have kind of always borderlined that gray area because it's not truly what it's what you're using the cash for. What you're taking it out for is the final result. So, I mean, it, it's questionable. Will it change? I don't know. Um, but the fact that they're there and they're paying a couple bucks here and there, or in some cases, depending on where they're at, uh, we've seen as high as over $20 for a transaction. Wow. Um, Oh yeah. Yeah. That was, I'll, I'll put it to you this way. It was me taking the money out. I was a little shocked. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I'm like, wait a minute, we're going to up what I'm taking if I'm paying a flat 20, $22 to do this. <laughs> really? so, and so I can do, I can deal with 10, 12%, but uh, I'm not going any lower than or any higher than that. But um, so, I mean, there, there's a widespread of cost there. So it's, it's, it's inexpensive for the consumer. Uh, they also have the ability to redeem those rewards uh, within the platform. Or in our case, since we've partnered with Valid, Valid's help us uh, develop a new rewards platform, which also allows us to use intrinsic values for rewards points. So those points can be used as discounts to purchases. Um, and it doesn't necessarily have to be redeemed at the um, the dispensary that you would normally use. It can be redeemed at any place on our platform. So um, I kind of like to look at it as a cross-platform uh, redemption where just because I earned them here, I can still spend them there. You know? wow. Yeah, that's so kind of cool. I like that a lot. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. And then uh, to kind of elaborate, you we, we touched on what, what the benefit is and what that retailer would look like. Within the app, they have the ability to market to their consumers, and we 
we have push notifications, video push notifications. Um, and kind of speaking above my head here, because I know there's a lot more to geolocation than I understand, but uh, apparently we have an extremely advanced uh, geolocation software that's in there that they can help market to their customers. So there's a lot of different things. And as a consumer, um, obviously that somewhat would concern me if I didn't understand it. Uh, the consumer does have the ability to opt out um, of all of that if they if they choose to. So it's not just taken from them, um, but it, it could actually in the long run help them find something they may not know is there too. So there's upsides and and downsides if you're a little uh, optimistically cautious as I normally am. Um, you got a little bit of everything there uh, for both the retailer and the consumer, so it benefits everybody. That's versatile. I like it. Um, well, I think I think we covered a lot of great ground, and I feel like I really learned a lot about um, these cashless payment solutions. I think it's something that we'll hear a lot more about once the Hopefully, once the pandemic is is um, in nearing its end, once we can all come out of lockdown, I think a lot of companies are going to have to take a hard look at where they succeeded and and where they fell short, and start thinking about how they can be more flexible. And I think maybe using cashless payment options could become a more vital service going down the road. A hundred percent. I I I would agree with you. And in my own personal opinion, I think that although obviously the social distancing idea is going to subside to an extent, I think after this, there's going to be a bit of it forever. Yeah. You know, exactly. It's always going to be instilled, at least in the generations that went through this. I think so, people uh, are going to be much more mindful of, of contact points and uh, how they're, they're interacting with the world. 100%, 100%. On an upside though, you know what? I've never seen so many friendly people when you're out for a walk in your neighborhood now. Yeah, <laughs> Everybody's well, waving right. and saying hello from the opposite <laughs> side of the street. So I got to say, maybe maybe it's a good thing too. You know, it's terrible that it took that to happen, but boy, oh boy, you know, people are people are a lot nicer and there's, there's a lot more respect for, for mankind that really may not have been there as much. A few I love ago. that outlet. So, That's so true. I know every time I see someone, I'm very eager to talk with them now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Human interaction, please, please, God. There's a real face in front of me. So. <laughs> oh, well, thanks so much. Uh, I really enjoyed speaking with you, Tom, and um, we'll talk again soon. Sounds wonderful. Thank you very much, Patricia. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us for today's Cannabis and Tech Talks. If you enjoyed it, tell your friends about it, share it on social media, subscribe to it. And until next time, this is Patricia Miller signing off.